championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com live off-season show. Nothing to talk about tonight. Well, this will be a short one. Easy show. No, come on. Russell Westbrook traded to your Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to break down the deal. We'll be taking your questions and comments. We'll talk about what's going to come next because the Lakers, let me tell you, they're not done. There's more moves to make. We're going to break down what happens next for the Lakers as well. Tons of stuff to go over tonight. Joining me is Skylar Triple from LakersNation.com. Skylar, how you doing, man? I'm absolutely fantastic. Look, I know about the comments with Westbrook. I could not be more excited about this personally. I will defend Russell Westbrook. He's an all-time great player. He's someone who players across the NBA respect him and LeBron, long-standing friendship. LeBron will talk sense into him. Russ is at a different point in his career where I believe he knows who he is amongst these two superstars. He has a great relationship with all of them. And let's get real. We'll get into it. But this was planned. This was absolutely planned. And so, so they know what they're doing. Yeah, I am. So on the Westbrook trade, I'm warming up to it. I was, I've never been been totally against it because I've said it a bunch of times on here. I've said sometimes talent beats out fit, right? That's, that's the thing. We can talk about Westbrook being a poor fit. And I think there's some legitimate concerns we can address without saying this was a bad trade or anything. There's just, you have to build your team a little bit differently now that you've got Westbrook coming in because of the shooting concerns, the fit absolutely questionable, right? There's some things that we can legitimately be concerned about, but overall I can see why the Lakers did this. And I'm getting a little bit excited for what we might see out there on the floor with Westbrook running with LeBron, running with Anthony Davis. My goodness, what is this going to mean for Anthony Davis with Westbrook putting pressure on the rim? It could mean a lot of open looks for him as well. So I am not against this trade at this point. I'm probably not quite as fired up as, as you are about it, Skyler, because I do still have some concerns about fit, but there is a clear path here to where if the Lakers build out the rest of their roster the correct way and they're able to find the shooting that they need and the defense that they need and Rob Polinka has got a plan for managing that, this could wind up being a big win. Absolutely, and I think that's that's why I'm so excited because let's not forget Russell Westbrook and LeBron James have both led the NBA in assists over the past two years. Uh, the passing and playmaking on this team is is potentially some of the greatest that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, two MVPs who can still play at that level. Oh, and a guy named Anthony Davis. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. And they will round out their roster with shooters. This is a super team. This is the first true big three super team uh, the Lakers have had with LeBron starting that era. Of course, that's going to happen with LeBron on the team. And you're going to see guys want to come to this team. You're going to see J.J. Reddick's. You're going to see Doug McDermott's uh, all wanting to come to this team, which I know Ron will like with Doug McDermott, and uh, all, all take some nice pay cuts. You're going to see vets wanting to come. You might see Dwight Howard back around. Even Wayne Ellington come back, provide some shooting. Uh, I'm, I'm fired up, and, and before we get into it, I'll, I'll say this. I already thought the Lakers were winning the 2022 NBA championship in a revenge season. Uh, I would guarantee the Lakers will 
win the 2022 NBA championship now. Right. This is just incredible. I mean, that would obviously be great to see. Westbrook, uh, he's made the finals once. Made it once, didn't get the job done then with OKC, but maybe he can get it done with the Los Angeles Lakers. Let me say, you know, again, in, in defense of this trade, and there's a lot of people out there who, when the trade was made, they said, oh, this is awful. This is terrible. Yeah. I don't know what the Lakers are doing. I do not like this at all. And I understand if you're skeptical about the trade, if you don't like it, if you're questionable about the fit, about Westbrook, you say he's just not that efficient anymore, doesn't fit with the modern NBA. Look, again, there's concerns. Talent-wise, though, I don't think you were finding a better player out there than Russell Westbrook in terms of talent. And, no. you know, this is also a situation. We see this phenomenon happen, and I've talked about it a lot on this show before. We see that something happen where a player's value gets dragged down so much by their contract that we forget what they can do exactly. on the floor, right? We see a bad contract and we just assume, oh my gosh, Russell Westbrook, is he worth $44 million? Probably not. But does that mean that he can't contribute anything on the basketball court? No, that's not the case. It's just like with Kevin Love. Could Kevin Love help some teams? Sure, if he's, if he's healthy, right? If Kevin Love was $5 million, everyone would want him. Because he's $31 million, nobody wants him, and everybody says he's washed, he's done, he can't do anything, right? And I don't think that's the case. Um, even look at Nicholas Batum, right, with, with the Hornets. It was terrible. Big contract, everybody thought he's done, all that. Next thing you know, he goes to the Clippers, he's suddenly much cheaper, he's asked to do much fewer things, and everything works out. He's a talented player. Westbrook is a talented player. His contract, I don't want to let that bleed into our perception of whether or not he's good at basketball. He's good at basketball. He is very good at Unbelievable. basketball. Unbelievable. Yes. All-time leader in triple-doubles good. Absolutely. The, the triple-double king. And yet now, we don't want to... That's why I, I think that we get a little too negative about Russell Westbrook and some of these exactly. other players. We let that contract bleed into our perception of how good they are actually as a player. Uh, Mamba Mentality from YouTube asks, can the Lakers get a shooter with a sign-and-trade for Schroeder? Shooter for Schroeder. Uh Yes, that, that can happen. So here's, and I want to get more into, into Westbrook, but let me explain what needs to happen for, for Dennis Schroeder. And I don't think there's many Lakers fans who'd be too sad about seeing Dennis walk away. I still think the trade last year was the right move for the Lakers to make. Uh, 28 and Danny Green in order to get Dennis Schroeder. still think that was, that was a fine trade. Didn't work out the way we wanted it to, right? Didn't work out, but that was a fine gamble to take. Uh, obviously, he's leaving. Schroeder is not coming back. Uh, the, the ball handling role just isn't there for him. What you want to see happen now is, and this is the ideal scenario, you want uh, the landing spots for point guards that have cap space. So I'm talking about like the Knicks, maybe the Bulls, depending on what they do. You want to see places like that come off the market. They get their point guard. You want to see the Bulls get Lonzo Ball. You want to see the Knicks trade for Colin Sexton. Things like that happen where boom, 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 all of these landing spots gone. Now Dennis Schroeder doesn't have the option to walk to whatever team he wants. Now he needs the Lakers' help to get to where he to get to where he wants to go because teams with cap space are no longer there to offer it for him, and therefore he must complete a sign and trade. That's how the Lakers get some kind of value in return for Dennis Schroeder. So that's what you're looking for in the ideal scenario. Um, what what do you see, Skyler? Losing Dennis Schroeder, I don't know. I'm I don't feel that sad about it. I'm not, that doesn't bother no. me. I, I think the, no, the and contract not at this point. got to me. No, and that, that's not even out. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, 
Look, Schroeder was a great addition to the team last offseason, provided fans with a lot of hype coming off the championship. But yeah, the the offseason and sort of him saying, oh, I know how business works and and more money, it it didn't fit. And then we hear about the Kyle Kuzma drama and that that affected the playoffs. I think Schroeder's a phenomenal player, but no, I, I don't think he's staying with this team because I mean, really, with Russell Westbrook on the team, you don't need a backup point guard who is as good as Dennis Schroeder. You want more players. And that's where I wonder with the sign and trade versus what we can do here. Because if there's any way we can finagle, you know, multiple shooters out of this or a really good shooter, um, we'll have to see what happens with uh, shooter for shooter. But yeah, no, great tenure on the Lakers. But uh, I think his time has come and gone more so today than ever with the addition of Westbrook. Well, and here's the here's the thing, right? I've got people asking, can we still get Buddy Heald? Yes, kind of. I, it, it could happen, right? It could. And, and here's the here's the narrative of, of how this would go down if the Lakers were still to get Buddy Heald. The NBA got pretty mad last year when word broke about a, uh, a Bogdanovich signage trade that was going to send him to the Milwaukee Bucks from the Sacramento Kings done before, before this is the key was done before free agency actually began. And they didn't like that. They didn't like that because look, teams have been doing this for a while. Kemba Walker to the Celtics was, was known 48 hours before free agency even started, right? Technically teams, yeah. players, they're not supposed to be negotiating that early. That's not supposed to be. It does. It happens. It's happening right now. I promise you those discussions are happening yeah. literally right now. Um, that's happening. But the NBA says, look, don't make us look foolish. At least wait until after free agency starts to actually let this stuff get out. Um, so if you're operating under that premise and the 22 pick, that had to be part of the trade. The Wizards wanted to be part of the trade for Russell Westbrook. Well, if you're going to make this really a three-team deal or even four-team deal that's going to ultimately wind up with Buddy Heald coming to the Lakers, you still need to make that 22 pick for the Wizards and you kind of have to make it known publicly so that the Wizards can, like, tell you who to pick for them, right? So that's kind of important. Maybe it's a little bit of a stretch there. But so you've got to come up with a way to execute the trade just between Washington and the Lakers. Now, after August 2nd, you can technically, or officially, I guess, negotiate with Dennis Schroeder. And then you could complete a sign-and-trade deal that would send Schroeder and, I guess it would be KCP in this scenario, to the Washington Wizards. And then going to the Sacramento Kings would be Montrezl Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Buddy Heald would come to the Lakers, Russell Westbrook coming to the Lakers again in that scenario. That's the way that would play out. Essentially, we've already heard that the Wizards are okay with parting ways with Kyle Kuzma, with Montrezl Harrell. Maybe they'll ship them off somewhere else. I think that could be a preemptive strike just to say, hey, yeah, we just happen to already be thinking about moving these guys anyway. We're just going to create a big three-team deal or four-team deal. The deal that's on paper right now, is not done. It doesn't get completed until August 6th. They can change it as much as they want between now and then. Wow. So that's the path to getting Buddy healed. Is it likely? No. No, most likely it is. It, that's not going to happen. But that's how it would have to go down. One can dream, absolutely. And then I also heard something about, um, I was reading on Bleacher Report, that the Lakers could technically sign and trade Schroeder for Buddy Heald, but that would require yes. cooperation from Dennis Schroeder, uh, which doesn't make a whole bunch of sense 
on his end wanting to go to Sacramento. I think he's looking for a bigger market and better playing situation. Uh, Trevor, I have a question here. I know that the the San Antonio was actually interested in the sign-and-trade with Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. Is there any way, do you think, that the Lakers could ever – Dennis Schroeder sign-and-trade DeMar DeRozan? Um, they could. The challenge is it would then be a double sign-and-trade. It would be a sign-and-trade of DeMar DeRozan and a sign-and-trade of Dennis Schroeder. And at that yeah. point, it's dead. And the reason is because the Lakers actually absorbed salary in this Russell Westbrook trade. And a, accepting a player in a sign-and-trade would trigger the hard cap, which would mean you pretty much wouldn't be able to build out the rest of your roster. You'd be done. You wouldn't be able to even field a legal roster, I believe, because they did. They were already going to be right up against it. Now they just absorbed more salary. So essentially, the Lakers have committed themselves to not triggering the hard cap this season, which means no full mid-level exception to use. They would only have the taxpayer mid-level and they can't yeah. accept the player via sign and trade. So that's where that would die. Uh, if DeMar DeRozan said, hey, I'll join you. I'll take the taxpayer mid-level. Cool. Come on down. Shooting, forget it. The talent's there. You would have you'd have the worst shooting in the NBA. You'd have DeMar DeRozan and Russell Westbrook together with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and who knows, just throw Andre Drummond into the mix too. Why not at this point? Um, so look, the, the fit isn't great again, but um, look, if you could get him, you'd probably do it. But yeah, sign and trade, Schroeder for DeRozan, unfortunately, you can't accept a player and sign and trade anymore logistically. I do have a, a super chat here from C. Adams on YouTube. If you had $3 million in cash, who would you honestly bet it to win the 2022 NBA championship in an unbiased way? Um, I wouldn't, if I had $3 million in cash, I would not, I would not bet it. I would not bet it on a sporting event. I would invest it in something super safe uh, because I would not want to lose that kind of money. Um, I guess if you're asking me, gun to my head, who would I pick to win the NBA championship next season? It would be really hard to pick right now. I think the Brooklyn Nets have played the best basketball that we've seen in the last year. I think what we saw when they had two of their three guys healthy in the playoffs was the highest level basketball we've seen in, in quite a while. So I would probably pick them, but I want to see how these rosters come together. Right? Like the, This isn't done. We don't know what this is all going to look like. I'm I'm firmly sticking with the Los Angeles Lakers. I wrote an article for Fansided predicting they would win after they signed Anthony Davis in 2019 because of the fit between LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And now you add Russell Westbrook into that mix. I think this is going to work phenomenally if you round it out with shooters. I think that it allows LeBron James to play off the ball a little bit more. You have two of the greatest playmakers of all time sharing playmaking duties. The only two player, two of the only players in NBA history with over 20,000 points and 8,000 assists. I mean, these guys are unbelievable. Then you think about Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis in the pick and roll. I mean, are you kidding me? Think about Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, 2017 regular season. We're talking Anthony Davis, who can hit the three, who can hit the mid-range, who will have spacing. I mean, you have to put defense on these guys with the way Russ can drive to the hole. And let's not forget, too, you know, that the greatest Laker of them all, Kobe Bryant, said that Russell Westbrook is the player who reminds him the most of himself, as did the GOAT Michael Jordan. And... I mean, to have Russell Westbrook on this team now with the Mamba mentality, with LeBron James, with Anthony Davis, put anyone else around those guys. I think this is one of the most talented big threes and super teams 
that we've ever seen. And it's very cool to see it with the Los Angeles Lakers when, you know, Kobe Bryant stuck through a rebuild and teamed up with Pau Gasol. And then the Lakers went through this big rebuild. Then you get LeBron, then AD, and now Russ. And the Lakers have joined the ranks of the super team era. And uh, it's going to be very, very exciting to see. One last thing I'll say, let's not forget, Lakers were not great shooters when they won the 2020 championship. Milwaukee Bucks, not even a great shooting team overall. I think we have every, the Lakers have everything they need to take home the 2022 NBA championship. And uh, if I was given $3 million specifically to bet on that, I would. Hey, bet on the Lakers. I like it. I like it. Uh, I had a, a super chat here said, can we get DeRozan mid-level? I kind of went over that. In theory, you could use your taxpayer mid-level exception, but he's probably not taking that, especially if the Lakers were going to have to do a sign-in trade in order to get him to begin yeah. with. Um, okay, but he's tight with Russ. Who is DeRozan? DeRozan's very tight with Russ. They were marching together with Kendrick Lamar uh, last summer, and then you've got DeRozan, LeBron have a relationship. DeRozan, Kobe, LA. Part of me is really wondering if DeRozan is looking himself over, thinking, do I want to take a vet minimum right now? to go win a championship in my hometown because he sure sounded like he might be willing to on that Shannon Sharp interview. He definitely did. I don't think it's a, I would be shocked. I mean, I would be shocked if you would take the taxpayer mid-level. That's almost 6 yeah. million. I mean, the vet minimum, Let I don't alone. see that, but the, but the taxpayer, I mean, maybe <laughs> crazier things have happened and that's just it, right? Like that's when we look at this Westbrook trade, right? Even I looked at it and I said, you know what? The Lakers first round pick shouldn't be in this, or if anything, the Lakers should be giving up 22 and the Wizards should be sending back 15, right? Because the Lakers are absorbing so much salary, $90 million over the next two years. However, the other piece to this that sometimes we forget about is now the Lakers are going to get all the guys, all the guys who want to win, win a ring, call them ring chasers if you want, the veteran minimum guys, they're going to be lining up. And this is what we heard a couple of days ago. The rumor was there are players right now who are lined up ready to take a veteran minimum deal from the Lakers if they do something big. Guess what? They just did something big. Yeah, the Lakers are going to get some guys. And by the way, can we just call this right now? Carmelo Anthony, the time is now. Come on down. Let's go. Bring in Carmelo Anthony. Kyle Kuzma's gone. That was a big part of the reason why for a while we said, oh, he's not the right fit. Kyle Kuzma's already a Laker. Kyle Kuzma's gone. Bring on Carmelo Anthony. I, I love it. Melo on this team would be phenomenal playing with LeBron. They are going to be so much fun to watch next year. Yes, come over to the Lakers, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, it, it is time. It is a new era. And it's going to be amazing, too, with LeBron taking playmaking duties. Russell Westbrook dominated when he was at the off-guard position as well. Just playing minutes there, not even full-time with James Harden. Um, before the pandemic hit and everything shut down, he was playing some of the best basketball of his career. And he's going to have the opportunity to do that. There's so many ways you can make this team work. Uh, it, it is going to be just not one of the most, not just one of the most fun teams we've ever watched, but just deadly to go up against. And Lakers fans should be very excited. Absolutely. So here's, here's what else I want to get into. Oh, here we, we've got uh, Dwayne Porter from YouTube, the Super Chat said, who would be the shooting guard and center that the Lakers can get that would make the starting five unstoppable? Uh, but he healed, right? Like, if you can get him at, at the two, great. If you can sometime, somehow execute that sort of convoluted trade that I went over, that would be great. 
Uh, in lieu of Buddy Heald, you're looking for anybody that can shoot out there. I'm already thinking about some veteran guys that you could go find. Uh, like a Wayne Ellington, somebody like that. Maybe a Lou Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I need a better defender, and I need to go and look through the list. The centers, that's the challenge. This is where, so Rob Polink, right? I think that, that talent-wise, Westbrook is great. Now the challenge, though, is going to be, what do you do for the rest of your roster? You've got to find shooting. You have to find guys that can give you floor spacing. With Westbrook on the floor, teams will not defend it behind the three-point line. They're going to camp in the paint. So it's going to be critical that you find shooting from the other positions, and that includes the center spot. It, whenever you're not running AD at the five, which I do think we're going to see more Anthony Davis at the five, but anytime you're running somebody else at the yeah. center position, they pretty much have to be able to shoot. Like if you put in, let's say you go get Dwight Howard, and you put him on the floor at the same time as Westbrook, that's two guys on the floor at the same time that teams are not going to defend behind the three-point line. And in the half court, that can be a problem. So I think that shooting is now far and away, along with defense, the priority for the Lakers now that you've got Westbrook to make that kind of playmaking leap that the Lakers need. Now it's not all LeBron James to playmake. Yeah, exactly. No, getting getting shooters is key at this point. I'm sure they had that in mind. I'm sure, uh, you know, I saw on an Instagram account, that Laker Chapo, they posted a picture of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook all at Nobu having dinner in L.A. last Sunday. Yeah. So they've been talking about this. They've been working this. They know what they need to do, and they will they will find shooters to round out the roster. And then... I mean, you saw what Russell Westbrook did kicking it out to his shooters in 2017. Mm-hmm. Now you got LeBron and AD to help create floor spacing. Just ridiculous stuff we're going to be seeing. Victor with the Super Chat said the next deal is Dennis Schroeder to Miami in a double sign-and-trade for Duncan Robinson. Again, you, you, you can't take on a player in a sign-and-trade anymore. Uh, you just can't. It would hard cap you, and the Lakers just took on salary in the Westbrook deal. So I, I don't think that's realistic for, the, for even just that reason. Uh Ashwin uh, Muckan from YouTube said, could we sign and trade THT for Buddy Heald and still be under the hard cap? Yeah, look, if you, the only way you trigger the hard cap in a sign and trade situation is if you're bringing in the player who's been signed and traded. Sending out the player, you're fine. No hard cap. You don't have to worry about it. So if you're going to sign and trade THT somewhere else, no hard cap. Same thing with Dennis Schroeder. Sign and trade him to another team, fine. You can bring in a player that's already under contract in that sign and trade deal, you're good. You trigger that hard cap if a team, another team, signs and trades that player to you. That's the way that works. Okay. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the way that Russell Westbrook is going to work in terms of taking the burden off of LeBron James, right? LeBron has already posted to Instagram a picture of himself, AD, and Westbrook, obviously photoshopped, on the court celebrating in their Lakers jerseys. I think that's a big part of why this went down because LeBron signed off on it. Clearly, yep, LeBron exactly. was LeBron's on board, and that was what we heard a few weeks ago. Was that LeBron wanted to play more at the four? The Lakers wanted to play him a little bit more at the four, and they wanted somebody else that can ease the playmaking burden on him. And again, that sort of implied that they didn't feel like Dennis Schroeder was that guy. Uh, and they're not wrong. The Lakers' offense when Dennis Schroeder was on the floor, it was and LeBron was not. It was last in the NBA. So clearly. Guys aren't getting open shots, and guys aren't hitting open shots. That's another problem, right, when LeBron James is out. You need somebody to take some of that burden off of him. I think they've found that guy in Russell Westbrook, and I think that's going to help in terms of LeBron's longevity. So not only are you adding talent, but hopefully you're adding a guy that can help keep LeBron healthy 
by doing some of the things that the Lakers pretty much rely entirely on LeBron James for. Yeah, absolutely. No, Westbrook is really going to help out LeBron in this scenario. I mean, you can find videos even on Bleacher Report right now of LeBron and Westbrook smoking cigars, listening to Nipsey Hussle in an L.A. backyard. Uh, Westbrook is Cali to his core. These guys have a great relationship, and I think that will directly affect the way Russell Westbrook plays and how he's willing to alter his game to be able to make this team succeed. And that friendship and connection and chemistry between LeBron James and Russell Westbrook is a large part of the reason that I expect this partnership or triple partnership with Anthony Davis to end up in a championship because they're all willing to work together. Okay, let's go there next, right? Westbrook helps LeBron, takes some of the burden off of him. Great. So not only are you getting that third star, you're investing in the longevity of your current star, right? One of your current stars. Westbrook is also going to help Anthony Davis. Westbrook has a history of making bigs better. I'm excited about the Westbrook AD pick and roll. Like Westbrook's got pretty good timing on his lobs. And and I think we're going to see he's not Rajon Rondo as a passer, but he's closer to that than Dennis Schroeder is. And again, I don't like it. Sure. I don't hate Dennis Schroeder or anything. It's just, it's just a different skill set that, that Westbrook brings. I think not only do you invest in the longevity of LeBron James by making this trade, you're also going to make life easier on Anthony Davis. He's going to get better looks when LeBron's on the bench because Westbrook will be out there with him. I think you are you're going to get a better version of LeBron and a better version of Anthony Davis by doing this trade as well. And I think that's an added benefit. Trevor, I I couldn't agree with you more on that. Uh, That pick and roll of Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis is just absurd because think about how aggressive Russell Westbrook going to the rim on his own is. Think about some of those 180 alley-oops that Anthony Davis catches. The guy is phenomenal at catching lobs. And you got two of the best in the business at it now. Those two alone are unstoppable in the pick and roll. Oh, and then you have one of the greatest players of all time, LeBron James, who, as you said, longevity has just been increased. He's going to have more. Everyone's going to have more energy now. I mean, it's it's just fascinating, really. And I think these three will learn how to share the ball quite well overall because of that pre-existing relationship. It really benefits everyone on the Lakers in ways that we can't even fathom yet, and it's just a great move all around. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's a it's a good one. I think that the it's going to help the Lakers ultimately, and I can't wait to see it out there on the floor. I am disappointed that the Lakers didn't have the twenty second pick. I would have liked to have seen them get that one, or at least you know trade back into the second round somehow, buy a pick. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, you got to make a move like this when it's uh, when it becomes available. All right. Let's talk a little bit about where you go from here. Leroy Long asked me where exactly where we're going here. Leroy said, Trevor, which shooters do we need? I've had a lot of people saying, okay, what's next? So let's say a Buddy Heald thing. Let's say, and again, that's a very convoluted process in order to turn it into a three-team, maybe in four-team sign and trade with Schroeder in order to get Buddy Heald back. If you can do it, great, do it. But if you can't, What else can the Lakers do? So what they're going to have available is the taxpayer mid-level exception. That's about it. Other than that, they've got the veteran minimum to fill out the rest of the roster. Now, that's why it's going to be really important, though, for them to bring back Alex Caruso, Taylor Horton Tucker, 
maybe Markeith Morris, all of their own free agents because you have bird rights on those guys. You don't have to rely on the veteran minimum to go over the salary cap and bring them back. So Caruso, THT, all these guys, it's even more important now that the Lakers are able to re-sign them. Oh, Mamba mentality was a good idea. Sign and trade Schroeder for the Australian version of, of Patty Mills. The He's always Australian, but but the, the Team Australia version of Patty Mills, yes, I would love that. That would be great to have him as your off-the-court bench, yeah. bench guy or uh, off-the-bench guy coming in. So when we talk about shooting, and that's obviously going to be the, the target for the Lakers here, who pops into your mind? Is there anybody that, that you really think, gosh, this guy that would come on the veteran minimum, assuming you can bring back Caruso, assuming you can bring back THT, maybe Markeith Morris, heck, throw Jared Dudley in there. Why not? Who else is there that you can think of that the Lakers really should either bring in or hang on to? Well, I think there's, I think as far as hanging on to, I think you covered most of it. As far as bringing in, you know, there, if we can afford, let's say two veteran minimum contracts, I'm I'm thinking Carmelo Anthony Mm -hmm. and Doug McDermott. The other two that come to mind are Wayne Ellington Mm -hmm. um, and then, Along with Doug McDermott, oh, Svee Mikhailuk oh, is also like a potential it. option to come back. I like it. Um, so Doug McDermott, I think it would be a veteran. Or I'm sorry, a mid-level exception type guy. If you can get him for the taxpayer mid-level, great. I would do that in a heartbeat. But I don't know if you can get him for that. But look, Svee Mikhailuk, oh, one of the prettiest jump shots I've ever, yeah. I've ever seen. I would love to bring Svee back just because of his shooting ability. He would be really nice for them to bring back Wayne Ellington. And I know these names aren't like setting the world on fire or anything, but you're looking for guys who can shoot the basketball. That's your your bottom line here. And again, you're going to get some players who are going to come in and they're going to take the veteran minimum. Let me throw a few other names out there that I think would be, would be interesting. If you're going to use your mid-level, your, your taxpayer mid-level. So just under 6 million, Reggie Bullock, Reggie Bullock was Mm -hmm. a Laker. Lakers fans don't have fond memories of him because he was one of the guys who got traded to the Lakers. In fact, actually in, ironically, the Svee Mikhailuk trade and his three-point shooting dropped off noticeably. And so he had a short stint with the Lakers after the trade deadline a few seasons ago and then disappeared. He's been a New York Nick. He probably goes back to New York, but he's actually a better shooter than what we saw with the Lakers. Got decent size, can defend a little bit on the perimeter. I think a guy like that would be a really nice fit. For this Lakers team. Give me three and D wing style players all day long, please. Yeah, definitely. That could be very interesting. Also, JJ Redick. Yes. Someone else I was thinking I want a vet minimum contact contract could be really nice. Yeah, a, a vet minimum contract for JJ Redick. Uh, ben McLemore. That's another guy that you can look into bringing back. Yes. Ben McLemore. Why not? That would be a nice one. Uh Aman from YouTube say, hey, Trev, thoughts on Andre Drummond? You think he'll re-sign to prove he's valuable uh, on a championship team and then leave in 2022? He still hasn't proved he's good because of the Cavs problem. That's, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I've been saying this for a few weeks now. I could see a scenario where the Lakers burn their taxpayer mid-level on Drummond. Mm-hmm. And I and I say that hesitantly because I know the way that's going to be received. And I know that that's not necessarily what the Lakers need. And when I look at the free agent market and I see what's out there at the center position, there's other guys you can get to do what Drummond does. 
Uh, and especially with Russell Westbrook on board, Drummond especially isn't a fit because he doesn't shoot the three and you can't have Westbrook and Drummond on the floor at the same time, essentially, because your floor spacing is just totally gone in that scenario. But I think Rob Palenka likes him. Uh, used to be his agent. I think that that's not a terrible value for him. The fit is not great for the Lakers. And I would rather see that money used on a wing player that can shoot the three. But I just have this feeling they've spoken so highly of Andre Drummond. Nothing has really come up linking him to any other team, which is weird right now. I could actually see him coming back to the Lakers next season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's really interesting. There's a lot in free agency available. It's it's tough to see Drummond coming back. But again, that relationship with LeBron. Drummond is close with LeBron's company, uninterrupted. And I know they've discussed projects before. And so that's one thing that leads me to potentially believe Drummond coming back is LeBron. Because overall... It is tough to see him fitting in. I would rather see them spend that money on someone who can do what Drummond does Mm -hmm. while also bringing in shooters. Um, That's a tough one to see happening. It it all really depends on if Andre Drummond, you know, he has to be willing to take at least that because he balked at a similar idea earlier. And if he is willing to take that, the Lakers have to believe that this is the best way that they can spend their current assets Mm -hmm to fill out this roster with such an incredible team uh, that is clearly built to win right now. I got a super chat from somebody, the name flew past, but asking about Porzingis uh, in exchange for Schroeder. Uh, another super chat asking about Rudy Gay. Uh, all right, so Porzingis for Schroeder, that's, look, the Mavs, that's probably not happening. I can't see them, you know, uh, proving something like that. I think they would want more than than Schroeder, even though he did have, have some struggles uh, in the playoffs. I think they just looked the Mavs. They ran into their worst matchup. That That's what happened to the Mavs in the playoffs this year. If you looked at Porzingis' numbers over the season, he was actually pretty good. But everybody's just down on him because he ran into the worst matchup for him in the playoffs. Uh, Rudy Gay, though, that, yeah, look, that's that's another great name. And another name that another Super Chat threw out was Otto Porter Jr. Yes, all of these guys, right? All of these wing-style defenders. Uh, again, Rudy Gay, not great defensively, but can still shoot from outside. Uh, looks looks pretty good with the Spurs. All these guys who are veterans, that's exa- you guys are right on the money in terms of the types of players that the Lakers are going to be attracting now. Rudy Gay, yeah. Otto Porter. Maybe he'll get a little bit more somewhere else. That's possible, right? He's a little bit on the younger side. Those are all guys. J.J. Redick. These are all the kinds of guys that the Lakers are going to get to come in on one-year veteran minimum deals. And again, you're going to bring back a few guys too. Maybe you bring back Markeith Morris. Maybe you bring back... Uh, uh, Ben McLemore, someone like that, right? But you're going to get some guys, too, that are willing to take the better minimum in order to come contend for a championship. Rudy Gay would be actually really close to the top of my list based on who's realistically out there. Definitely. I think Rudy Gay is a great fit with the Los Angeles Lakers that we didn't mention. Uh, Would be nice on this team, provide that veteran presence, leadership, shooting, maybe even bust out a little bit of that inside game for old time's sake. Uh, But Rudy Gay would definitely be a player to look out for. And championship teams are built with these veteran type players, as we've seen. So it's going to be very exciting to see Los Angeles fill out their roster in this way. Oh, somebody asked me, Rudy Gay or Carmelo Anthony? Oh, that would be tough. I kind of lean Rudy Gay, but I just, I feel like it's just 
feel like it's time for, for Carmelo Anthony to finally make that yeah. leap over to the Lakers. It just makes sense. His three-point shooting is up. He can hit his free throws. He's not horrific defensively. He's locked. He's accepted no. being a role player. That was our big concern like a few years ago when there were these Carmelo Anthony and the Lakers rumors was could he just be a role player? And there were concerns over that. I think now he's at a point where he's accepted that. And, uh, yeah, I'd be fine with it. Definitely. As much as I love Rudy Gay, it's mellow all day. Uh, I think he's a great fit with the Lakers at this point. And not just that, but in the playoffs and in the bubble, we've seen Melo turn up the heat a little bit. And we've seen him sort of light up and get on fire. Whereas Rudy Gay is sort of that consistent role player. Melo has become not just a consistent role player, but can occasionally look almost like his former self. Yeah, And I think to just have that potential... Uh, is going to be absolutely phenomenal for the Lakers, plus Melo's familiarity with Russ, with LeBron. Uh, Melo's got to come to the Lakers. It's got to happen now, and I I strongly expect it will uh, in one of the most fun teams to watch in recent memory. Uh, C-Doc80 from YouTube said, I'd rather have someone like Whiteside or Noel. Drummond is bad at protecting the paint. He clogs the lane. Look, if you can get Nerland's Noel on a veteran minimum, yeah, Yeah. sign me up. I'm, I'm down with that. Uh, if you can get Whiteside on a veteran minimum, you can argue that if it's going to take the taxpayer bid level to get Drummond and you can get Whiteside for the veteran minimum and you're going to be running Anthony Davis at the five a lot anyway, that you're better off spending your taxpayer bid level on a wing, on a shooter, and then using a veteran minimum for the center spot uh, and going after a guy like Whiteside. And I fully understand that argument and think you can make a really strong case for it. I think Drummond does provide a little bit more than what we give him credit for. I think Drummond is a case where his negative things really jump out to the point where we maybe don't give him enough credit for the positive things that he brings. But that said, again, if I'm building out a roster, I'm spending my money elsewhere. I'm not spending my money on the center position, not in the NBA right now, not with Anthony Davis already on the roster where he's probably going to be at the five during crunch time of your most important situation. So that's probably not where I'm spending my money. I'm focusing on the wing. I'm focusing on... Well, maybe a little bit the guard, but mostly the wing and looking for shooters. All right, let's see here. So many people are throwing out so many different names because the possibilities are out there right now for the Lakers to go after a lot of different players. And you got to love that. Yeah. Got to love that because, again, we're going to get, we're going to see players who maybe we might even be a little bit surprised about willing to take the veteran minimum. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's just going to be – I'm still stuck on Russ. I, I can't get over <laughs> how fun this team is going to be to watch, uh, particularly you know, the year that Kobe retired when Kobe said Westbrook was the player who was most like them. The Lakers were in heavy rebuild, rebuild mode without Kobe Bryant on the roster for the first time in so long. Um, you know, I watched a lot of Russell Westbrook that season and – just an unbelievably fun player to watch for for those Laker fans who watched Kobe and miss watching Kobe. Uh, you're going to get to see that uh, to take a page out of John Cena's book, Ruthless Aggression <laughs> on the court again. And it's going to be just a lot of fun to watch this team and someone like Russell Westbrook head down, willing to take over at the end of a game. Uh, it's it's going to be a really amazing season and so fun and them filling out the roster will be incredible. But this big three is just next level for the Lakers and exciting for Lakers fans. And and that's a good point, Skylar. You know, when we look at what we saw in the Lakers, one of the things that I was most disappointed at when the Lakers lost to the Suns 
was how many guys didn't bring it, right? How many guys really didn't step up? They didn't have that killer instinct, that attitude. Like, it felt like once AD went down, there were a few of the guys on the team that kind of went, all right, that's it. Like, how many play? How many players do we feel like really left it all out there on the floor? I know Taylor Horton Tucker did. Taylor Horton Tucker came in off the bench, and he wasn't the best fit for that series or anything. Came in off the bench and went berserk. And went right after the Suns. He made mistakes, but he just he was aggressive. He went after it. We saw other guys turning down open shots. Looked like they didn't want to shoot. Shots just not falling. Kuzma shot 17% from three. KCP shot 21%. It was ugly. It was ugly. You, look, there's going to be some ugly moments with Westbrook too, but he's not going to go out for lack of trying, right? He's not going to go away no. quietly or anything like that. It's not going to be a situation where the shot is there and he just doesn't attempt to make the play like we saw with some of the Lakers. He's going to be going 100 miles an hour at the entire game, and that's one of the things you got to love about him. And no fear yeah. whatsoever. And no let up. You remember Kobe Bryant, you know, popping his finger back in with Gary Vitti during his last season. That's exactly the type of player that Russell Westbrook is. And he will bring it every single night. And that will up the mentality of the team. That's another intangible that will make LeBron and Anthony Davis better. And the whole roster is just to give that 100% effort to take over at the end of games. Russell Westbrook, one thing you you cannot say about him is that he does not have that dog in him. Russell Westbrook has that dog in him, and that will benefit the Lakers in ways that are simply intangible right now. Yeah, there, there is there is definitely a strong case to be made that the Lakers are, are making a solid move here. And I know, again, there's a lot of people that are saying, oh, they shouldn't have made this yep. move. But I think that there is a strong case to be made that this will indeed help them. But you got to stay healthy. That's going to be critical. This team's going to be extremely top-heavy, just like yep. last year. Got to stay healthy. Uh, Shock the System from Westbrook. YouTube, the Super Chat, thank you, said, JaVale... And Dwight, give me one of them. That's where I'm at. Time to adapt. If Anthony Davis is going to be spending that much time at the five, I don't know if I want to carry an extra center. Give me one. One of those guys and then use the other roster spot on a wing player or on a shooter. Something like that. Uh, Let's see. I would say Dwight. Would be uh, nice at this point with these guys. Yeah, agreed. Between the two, I would pick Dwight. I would as well. But Javale, he's you know doing well with Team USA. USA but overall, I think that uh, Dwight Howard is just looking really in shape right now. You even see him working on that jumper. We've seen it before where he's switching shots in the offseason. So I don't that. know if that'll ever truly translate to games. But regardless, I mean, I just think this is going to work out so well, uh, particularly with the age these guys are at and the way it's working. It was sort of like, in a way, it reminds me of the 2013 Lakers with Dwight Howard except the age, the timing, and the fit is all there and all right this time. And no one is coming off anything as remotely significant as Dwight Howard's back surgery, and no one is pushing 40 like Steve Nash was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so really quick on you know Dwight shooting and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> one of the things that is that will really drive home just how good NBA players are is when you watch them warm up. And, and watch how very rarely they miss, like, any yeah. shot. Like, they just, like, 
Dwight Howard, part of Dwight Howard's warm-up routine, it involves three-pointers. Now, you rarely see him take them in the games, but he makes them in warm-ups all the time. Now, when you're in a game situation, it's very different, and you're contested and all that, but just, just shooting, Dwight looks like this ridiculously good three-point shooter. Montrezl Harrell, if you've been watching his Instagram stories right now, he's hitting fadeaway threes in these pickup games, and, he, and it looks like it's an easy shot for him. NBA players are ridiculously good. So we're going to see some stuff happen in warmups and stuff where we think, oh, maybe this guy can shoot. Eh, I wouldn't count on it happening in in regular season play, but they're just very, very good. Uh, Christian Campbell from YouTube said, Westbrook's playmaking decisions impact LeBron. Yeah, you're letting LeBron play off the ball a little bit more. And it's not LeBron driving to the rim, forcing the defense to collapse on him and then kicking out to open shooters. You've got another guy who can do that now. The hope was for last season that we would see Dennis Schroeder do that. And he did to a degree, but he's not the driving kick passer. He's nowhere near Westbrook in that skill set. No, Westbrook is elite. He's elite. He's one of the greatest to ever perform at that skill set. I mean, he's revolutionized it. That that drive and kick is a large part of how he secured the all-time triple-double record. I, I mean, the all-time triple-double leader is now on the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James, mm-hmm. who, if, if it was a blind test for someone who didn't know stats in the NBA, might think is the all-time triple-double leader if you explain to them what a triple-double was. I mean, these guys are just two of the greatest playmakers ever, and then you're working with one of the original unicorns in Anthony Davis. Uh, it's just going to be unlike anything we've ever seen before. Uh, Benjamin from YouTube with a super chat chat said, does signing Westbrook make it harder to find a good deal for Dennis if we can re-sign and trade him? Uh, no, no. Well, Dennis is done. He's gone. There's no questions here. There's no. And if you're going to negotiate a sign and trade anyway, the other team knows he's gone. Right? He's not staying with you if he's negotiating with another team. So I don't think it changes anything for the Lakers situation. It just provides clarity. Now you know they're not bringing him back, and so that's not even an option on the table. Instead, he's going to either walk into somebody's cap space or the Lakers are going to sign and trade him. And from the Lakers' perspective, you'd rather have it be the latter so you can get something for him. Uh, I've got RGN Cal 4 from YouTube. Is Schroeder walking since the teams aren't plentiful? Can we get shooters for him? Uh, because of the teams that Schroeder wants, what's your guys' ideas? Yeah, uh, look, that again, that's the ideal scenario right now, is you use Schroeder in a sign-and-trade. Hopefully, he doesn't walk into somebody else's cap space, because then you would get nothing. He's leaving no matter what. He's gone. Um, but hopefully, you can get something for him. And ideally, that's a shooter, but it's it depends. Like, he still gets to pick where he's going to go, Right. If the Lakers say, hey, we've worked out this great sign-and-trade, Dennis. We're going to send you to Sacramento. They want you, and they're going to give you your $20 million, and Buddy Heald's going to come back to us. Let's go. And Schroeder says, well, I don't want to be a Sacramento King. And that's it. It's dead. He's a free agent. He can sign wherever he wants or not sign wherever he wants. So what he wants absolutely matters in this. So it's not like you can go just pick anybody in the NBA and negotiate a trade. You first have to figure out, where does Schroeder want to go and then build something from there? But again, preferably you get something for him and not nothing. Yeah, absolutely. No, Dennis was, uh, he had a good run for a little bit, but yeah, it's clearly over here. And I think, uh, 
Uh, I don't want to be. I know some Lakers fans will not be sad to see him go. I appreciate the effort he provided, but uh, I think it just it just didn't work out. And Dennis is going to bring a lot to another team. It just wasn't the right fit. It wasn't the right time. Now that we've got Westbrook, and uh, so long. Thanks for the good memories. Uh, Super chat just asked me, and it flew past, so I missed the exact name and everything. I think it was Drake Johnson asking about. Teams respecting the pick and roll now a little bit more. Uh, yeah, look, that was one of the things that I noticed last season. And what I'm about to describe to you, hopefully you will <laughs> will jog your memory. You'll remember what I'm talking about here. LeBron would get into a pick and roll situation and the, the, the other team would switch. And so he'd wind up with, say, a big on him. And rather than attack the big off the dribble, what would LeBron do? He would glance at the ground and then take the pull-up three, often after dribbling for, you know, seven, eight, nine seconds, whatever. Uh, Westbrook isn't going to do that as much, right? Westbrook is going to attack. It's going to give you a little bit of a different dynamic in the pick-and-roll situations, and because of that, I think you're going to be able to exploit it a little bit more. We saw teams, especially after the ankle injury, they were not scared about switching onto LeBron, particularly switching bigs off onto LeBron, because most of the time he was settling for the fadeaway three. Westbrook gives you just that different dynamic. He's going to just burn guys if they switch a big onto that onto him he's going to fly past them so that's where you're going to get a different look and maybe teams will have to change up their coverage of the lakers pick and roll because of that option yeah yeah it's unbelievable i mean you think about even even lebron and ad running the pick and roll sometimes now you have again anthony davis and russell westbrook is a pick and roll match made in heaven, especially with the speed and aggression of Russell Westbrook and the amount of spacing that Westbrook creates. The fact that there's three guys on the floor, I don't care who they are. If you've got three superstars on the floor, you have to cover all three of them. And that creates more space for each one of them to operate. That was a large part of LeBron James's MVP seasons in Miami. It's just one reality is if you have Shaq and you have Kobe, there's only two guys to defend no matter how good they are. And so you can double up on one of them. But if you have three superstars, like in this case, you can't double on all three. They're going to move the ball too quick. There's too many scoring threats from different spots on the floor. And this is going to make the Lakers just nearly unstoppable. And LeBron will have quite possibly the most space to work with since he's been in Miami with less responsibility. Well, I mean, that's where like teams, teams aren't going to worry about defending Russell Westbrook on the perimeter. So they're going to drop that no. guy into the paint. And that's where you can run out of space. But if the Lakers can surround those guys with shooters, that's where you can fight back against that and try to counter that effect a little bit. So that's, yeah. that's where the roster construction from here is going to be really important. Yes, because I expect Russ to drive into the paint a lot and be able to kick out. Yes, for sure. Uh, Andre Espinoza from YouTube said, thanks, Trevor Lane, for all your great work. You are appreciated. Well, thank you. I, I truly do appreciate that. Uh, what are your priorities as a general manager? Another trade or signing Alex Caruso and THT and maybe an Avery Bradley reunion? Uh, so for me, it's, it's keeping your own talent, and that means Alex Caruso, that means THT, bringing those guys back. I, you don't have a whole lot to send out in trade right now anyway. So I'm bringing those guys back first and foremost, and I'm focusing on shooting and trying to find shooting everywhere I can. I'm also trying to maximize that 
taxpayer mid-level exception. It's really the only weapon you've got now to go out and sign guys that aren't your own free agents. So again, you've got to make sure you bring back your own free agents when you can. So that might even mean Wes Matthews. That might mean Caruso, THT. Caruso, THT, certainly at the, at the top of the list. Andre Drummond could be in there, right? So the, these are the guys that you're going to focus on bringing back. Use their bird rights. You don't have full bird rights on Drummond, but the other guys you do, use that, bring them back. And then using your taxpayer mid-level, you're going to go after shooting and veteran minimum guys. Bring in whatever talent that you can. If it's Carmelo Anthony, if it's Dwight Howard, if it's DeMarcus Cousins, uh, you're going to go after all of these guys and do what you can to fill out the rest of your roster with an eye towards shooting and defense over everything. You need those two things most on this roster right now. Absolutely. And uh, also, big news, the Lakers just signed Joel Aie uh-huh. of Gonzaga to a two-way contract Oh, okay. in tonight's draft. Okay. I'll be honest. I'm going to have to look up more stuff on him. Um, but Yes, definitely. Yeah. But this is, you know, I was just telling everybody in the Lakers Nation thread, uh, text thread that we've got, uh, right before we started doing the show, I said, just wait. As soon as the draft ends, that's when all these signings are going to come through. All the guys the Lakers are adding to their summer league. So now you've got a two-way contract coming in already. Remember, you've got Devontae Kaycock, Costas, Antetokounmpo out. So the Lakers yeah. have a couple of two-ways to use. And remember, you can sign someone to a two-way contract and then later waive them and sign somebody else to a two-way contract if you like that player better. Uh, happened last year with, um, oh gosh, I just brought him up the other day too. I want to say last name starts with a P, Zach. Yeah, I'll remember it at some point. It's been a long day, everybody. Uh, br- no kidding. It's been crazy. Especially, my goodness, Washington sending all the stars to L.A. The Nationals sending Trey Turner yeah. and Max Scherzer to the Dodgers. By the way, go follow Dodger Blue uh, as well, dodgerblue.com. Uh, Brandon Lopez. Westbrook doesn't bring any shooting to the table. The three-point shooting problem is an issue. Anyway, we can fix it. Three different lob city threats. Uh, fix the three. Fix Russ's three-point shooting. No, he's going to be thirty-three in November. You, I don't think you're suddenly fixing his three-point shooting at this stage. Uh, can you fix it though with other players? Yes. If you focus on finding shooting to put around them, you can. It's not like you're going to have crazy spacing like you've got five shooters on the floor, but you can at least mitigate it by having four guys who can shoot the ball surrounding Westbrook. That's the goal now. Definitely. And I think Trevor in that Lakers Nation thread, you actually sent over a shot chart for Westbrook and to see that he was in the green range uh, from two spots on the three point line does provide a little bit of hope that get him to his spots and let's see what he can do from there. Uh, Again, though, I think a large part of this with Russ will depend on that pick and roll and the Lakers surrounding themselves with three point shooting because on this roster and with this kind of spacing, Russ can do really, really well driving to the hoop. Yeah, Russ uh, actually shot above, well above NBA average from dead on, the top of the arc. That's where he shot well. The the, the angles, ee, really not good. One of the corners yeah. was good. One of the corner threes was good. I think it was the left corner three was good, but yep. it was a tiny sample. He didn't take a lot of shots from there. So tiny sample size. Um, look, bottom line, Westbrook shooting threes is not, it's not a great proposition right now. He's going to shoot about 31% or so from three. It's it's what he does. He can occasionally knock one in, but it's not something you want to rely on, and you're going to have to scheme around it. 
All right. Let's see here. Uh, we're going to do a couple more, and then we'll we'll call it an evening here. I do have a super chat that just came in uh, from Dre Johnson. If DeMar would accept the mid-level exception, would you give it to him? Also, how strong do you think our defense will be with Westbrook on the floor? What do you think, Skyler? If, if DeMar DeRozan, who also doesn't shoot threes, shot 25% from deep last season, said, taxpayer mid-level, sign me up, do you just do it and say... Forget shooting. We're going just with talent, and that's going to carry us through because he's certainly he's he would be the most talented player you could possibly get with that money. But he would just compound the shooting problem. What do you do there? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, I would. I think he's still one of the best mid-range shooters in the game, at least. No, he doesn't add to the perimeter shooting. Again, you've got a guy who has upped his assists every single year. Um, to the point where he's now averaging nearly seven assists. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, four all-star type players and who all want to work together. And DeMar was saying himself, the talent will just work itself out. Yep. And when you have that level and when you have capable defenders, when you have the defensive tenacity, just again, not that Russell Westbrook is the best defensor, defender, but when you bring that tenacity and then you've got a coach like Frank Vogel, they're going to find a way to make it work. We were talking earlier about what do we do about shooting guard. Uh, imagine that Westbrook at the one, DeRozan at the two, LeBron uh, at, even at the four, maybe mm-hmm. with AD at the five in the lineup. I mean, that is just absolutely ridiculous. And so I would take DeRozan in a heartbeat still with the tax level mid with the tax mid level exception. Um, and then with that too, you can still round out the roster with that veteran shooting. And so, ooh, if you got, I mean, Carmelo Anthony is a starter. It's interesting. <laughs> but, you know, Melo at the four, DeRozan at the three, or sorry, LeBron at the four, Melo at the three, DeRozan at the two, uh, Westbrook at the one, and AD at the five. That's quite the lineup. I mean, you could definitely score the ball. I think you'd have some issues defensively there uh, with yeah. with Mello and DeRozan on the floor at the same time, and that that would be yes. that would be interesting to watch. But you'd score a lot of points, that's for sure. Uh, Westbrook defensively, yeah. Westbrook defensively, he's the type of guy where he's going to go all out in the playoffs on the defensive end of the floor. I don't know if you're going to see that as much in the regular season, and that's fine. Yeah, that's fine, right? That that's okay. Uh, he's not the best defender in the world, especially as he gets older. But I, I think come playoff time, he'll turn it up. Yeah. All right, guys. One more. Oh, somebody asked, can we still get Lowry? No. No, you can't still get Kyle Lowry. The Lakers are now out on that. No question. Got our veteran point guard. It's okay. But that is over. Uh, Let's see here. People asking, will I keep going after DeMar DeRozan? Uh, Can you make it a three-team trade with the Kings? Yes. Uh, And I went into that earlier, explained how that would happen. Uh, Again, I wouldn't assume it's going to happen, but it's, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, all right. One more here. And then we'll call it an evening. And we get Buddy. A lot of people asking about it. Oh, okay. Good. I want to get into this. Will Anderson. What about Marcus All? All right, and I've seen a lot of people mention Nicholas Batum. Yes, add him to the list of veterans that we would love to see the Lakers yes. go grab. Okay, but what about Marc Gasol? So Marc Gasol, I, we talked about this a few, a few weeks ago. The Lakers have a certain amount of question marks heading into this offseason. One of them, then the big one, was Montrezl Harrell. 
Does he opt in or does he not? We got that answer today. He opted in. The reason why he opted in today when he didn't have to do it until the 31st, obviously because he was being put into this trade and he was okay with being put into the trade. So he went ahead and told the Lakers, this is what I'm doing. And they put him in the deal. Uh, more questions though. Marcus all what's going to happen with him. Uh, there was some talk when Marcus all first signed with the Lakers. It was confusing as to why in the world he needed a two-year contract. If he only wanted a one-year contract, the Lakers could have kept JaVale McGee. They wouldn't have had to trade for Marcus all They wouldn't have had to just jettison JaVale in that trade to the Cavs, which I think they also gave up a second-round pick to do it. So there was some eyebrow raising because, look, if you're Marcus all and you're a veteran player and you've been a defensive player of the year, you've been an all-star, all these things, even if you have a bad year, somebody out there will surely give you a veteran minimum contract the next year. Why push so hard to make a veteran minimum contract a two-year deal and not just a one? The thinking was that maybe, and again, this is just a possibility, that maybe he was looking at it as probably, hey, look, next year is going to be my last year. The year after that, I'm going to retire, and that extra money will just be kind of like a little retirement bonus for me, right? That's the kind of thing that people were speculating might be happening. So that's question number one. Is Marc Gasol playing next year? Period. And if the answer is yes, then you decide, do we want him on the Lakers or not? If the answer is no, maybe you can use that $2.6 million in a trade somehow, something like that, right? But if the answer is yes, then you have to decide, do we want to keep him on the Lakers and potentially use him as a maybe a reserve center, as a floor spacer? Or do we want to move on from him, trade him somewhere, and then fill that spot with a different center? But again, first question that has to be answered, does Mark want to play? And that's another thing that right now is still out there and we don't have the answer to just yet. Yeah, absolutely. No, Marcus all, you know, I think again, he's the type of player that you can kick it out to on the side to take a three point shot. So that's really good for the Lakers, but overall, you know, a little bit of disappointment, but we didn't get to see him play as much in the playoffs. So again, we got to figure out if he in fact wants to come back. And if he does, I think you can definitely keep him at the roster, maybe have AD at the four, but you're getting in some pretty big territory. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see if Marcus Gasol is either in a lesser role or to see the Lakers really try to go in on one of those free agent centers who can provide most of what Mark provides. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Appreciate all your questions, all your comments. Obviously, it's been a crazy day, but here's the thing. And we're just getting started. I don't think there's going to be another big move like this coming. You know, Westbrook coming to the Lakers. I wouldn't expect anything like that. But Rob Palenka has his work cut out for him. There's going to be a lot of moves coming over the next couple of weeks. Remember, free agency begins August 2nd. Sometimes as early as that day, we start hearing about where players are going to sign, where they're planning on signing August 6th. They can actually sign with those places. That's also the date when this Westbrook trade can really become Official. So a lot still going on right now for your Los Angeles Lakers. A lot to talk about. So make sure you do subscribe right here to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. And don't forget to turn on those notifications. Till next time, stay safe and see ya.